from worship leader to preacher. Welcome, Jane. She's going to bring the word this morning. Amen. So the title of my message this morning is The King's Domain. We're going to spend some time thinking this morning about the kingdom of God. And I hope that by the end of this time, we'll all grow in understanding about the kingdom. So we're going to look at three aspects of the kingdom of God. Firstly, what is the kingdom of God? Secondly, how can we access this kingdom? And lastly, why should we spread the good news about this kingdom? So firstly, what is the kingdom of God? Well, the definition of a kingdom is this. It's the domain ruled by a king or queen, or a sphere in which one is king or queen, and that king or queen has control. So the kingdom is basically the king's domain. It's his, it's his place, or the queen's domain. When Jesus came to the earth, he brought his kingdom to the earth. The kingdom of God, he brought his kingdom with him. And all throughout the Gospels, Jesus preached and he taught about this kingdom. In Matthew 3, verse 2, he taught us that the kingdom is near. His kingdom is near. And in Luke 17, 21, he told the disciples, the kingdom of God is within you. Isn't that awesome to think that they had the kingdom of God within them? And now we, too, have the kingdom of God within us. There are two different well, there's the kingdom of God, and there is, the, there is um, Satan's domain. Satan has a, what, what's called a dominion. It's not, um, Satan is no king. Can we all agree on that this morning? And so we can't say that there is a kingdom of darkness, because he's not a king. But Satan has a domain, and we're either in the kingdom of God because we've been saved by Jesus out of, the kingdom, out, of the, out of Satan's dominion, or we're in the kingdom of God, and Jesus is our king. When Jesus walked the earth, he brought the kingdom of God with him. And as the kingdom of God came into Satan's dominion, the light, the brightness, came into, this, into the dominion of darkness. That darkness had to flee. If you think about a, a room that is dark. That room is dark until the light comes on. And when the light comes on, there is no more darkness because the the darkness has to flee when light comes on. And that's what happened when Jesus came. When Jesus came, he didn't just talk talk and teach about about the kingdom. In Acts 10, 38, Luke writes, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil because God was with him. When Jesus brought the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light into the darkness of Satan's dominion, the darkness had to flee. And it can be the same for us today. If we know who we are as children of God, then as we bring, as we walk in the kingdom of light, in the kingdom of God, when we come into situations when there is darkness, where Satan has dominion, then that darkness will flee. So Jesus' ministry was full of demonstrations of the reality of the kingdom of God. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, wasn't he? And he, he was, at the end of himself, he was, he was sweating blood. And an angel came to strengthen him. The kingdom of God brought strength to him. 
The kingdom of God was a reality for Jesus. He was the king of that kingdom. And the good news is that Jesus has shared this kingdom with everyone who follows him. Amen. And speaking of the Christian life today, Paul writes, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly await for a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. So now we are citizens of heaven. It's not going to just happen when we leave this, when we leave this earth, when we, when we die. Now we can become citizens of heaven, or we are citizens of heaven. It's about us appropriating that. It's about us living that out. If you're a proper citizen of a country, you're suddenly permitted to enjoy all the benefits and take advantage of all of the, all of the benefits and the privileges when, as we go out and do work with uh, Christians Against Poverty, sometimes we come across people who are not citizens or don't have the visa to stay in the United Kingdom. Now, generally, well, all, all citizens of, of the United Kingdom can claim child benefit. If you have a child, this is an automatic payment that goes into your bank account. But sometimes I sit down with some people who don't have the right papers from the home office or don't have the right visa. They have not yet been granted citizenship in this country and they can't claim that benefit. It's not because they're poor, it's because they haven't got the right documents. So let's look at some of the privileges or some of the benefits of belonging to the kingdom of God. Firstly, we can have access to the king to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We can speak to God, the creator of the universe, and he speaks to us. You know, we have a queen in this country. She has dominion over the United Kingdom, but we can't go and talk to her. We can't go and uh, and just say what we want to her. But to God, who is all, all, he's everything, he's, he's the creator of the universe, we as his children can come right up to the very throne of God. We can even climb up, if we have that faith, climb up into his lap and whisper in his ear and he to us. It's amazing the privilege that we have as children of God. We can also have access to divine healing. It's something in this church that we enjoy, that we really press into, that we, that we love to see the kingdom of God coming in that way. I don't know if you remember, in, um, in the springtime, we enjoyed a wonderful season of the kingdom of God breaking out in this place in healing. Just seeing Athena this morning, her, her friend's operation, on a, a serious operation on his heart was cancelled because he came out for prayer. And it's just, just amazing that someone's operation has been cancelled. This kingdom is real. This kingdom is, is at work in these days. Another benefit that we can have, enjoy from the kingdom of God is that we, we have uh, the Holy Spirit. He, God gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit. The very person of God comes to live in us, comes to live in our hearts. We can also know the love of God, the amazing love of, of God Almighty in the person of his, of, of his son who came in to give himself for us. We don't have to live poor. We can live in richness, knowing that very love that, that God has for us. In the kingdom of God, we can enjoy strength from, from God. We can be strengthened by the word of God. We can be strengthened by his spirit. 
if we're, when we pray in tongues, we build ourselves up in the most holy faith. We strengthen ourselves. Perhaps we can even be strengthened by angels, just like Jesus was strengthened in the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't know if you remember, but two or three weeks ago, we had a, an amazing time of ministry here. And as Peter ministered and asked people who wanted to be strengthened to come out and receive prayer, I wonder how many people here have a testimony that they truly were strengthened in that time and they left this church different from when they came in. And of course, the biggest miracle of all is when we share the gospel, when we share the good news of the kingdom with people. People can be taken out of that dominion of darkness and wonderfully saved into the kingdom of light, and they can become the, the children of God. God has done so much for us, and there are so many benefits that we can enjoy in his kingdom. Hallelujah. So, secondly, we're going to look at how can we access the benefits of this kingdom. Well, the word of God, just like I read a moment ago, says that I'm a citizen of heaven now. This kingdom which is at hand, this kingdom in which we live, this kingdom is as real to, to us as the natural world or realm in which we live. There's a supernatural realm, the kingdom of God, and there's the realm in which we live. But some of us find it hard, and I think, well, I think all of us find it hard as Christians to really comprehend that we really are citizens of this, of, this, of this kingdom now because we can't see it, we can't feel it. It's, it's really hard for us to, to, to take hold of the kingdom. But the secret to, the, to accessing this kingdom and all its blessings comes by faith. Jesus taught his disciples or said to his disciples in um, John 20, 29, when he, the disciples had seen him as a risen Christ, he said, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. We haven't seen Jesus, but we've believed. And we are therefore blessed. Jesus spoke this about us. We are blessed because we believe in him and yet we've not yet seen him. Jacob from the Old Testament was part of the kingdom of God. But even he sometimes missed the reality of that kingdom. In Genesis 28, we read, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. We can become aware of the presence of God when we come into a church. And I always say about this church, if anybody will come into this building with an open heart to meet God, then they cannot fail to meet him. I understand that some people come and their hearts are closed. They don't want to really meet with him. But if, you, if someone will come with an open heart, then they will meet with a living God in this place. The kingdom of God is very, very real, very present in, in this place. And we should treasure that presence. We shouldn't take it for granted. We should treasure that. I first came to this church in 2003, and um, I, was, I was a Christian, but I'd been uh, working with another lady that worked here, and she prayed for me once. And when she prayed for me, the presence of God was so amazing. I thought, wow, 
I got to find out where she goes to church and and find out what that's all about. And the moment I walked into this place, I sensed something so precious, so special. And I'd been to um, I'd, I'd so I'd been a Christian probably about three years then, and I, the summer time was my time when I'd just go and go to a camp or or a conference and enjoy that special manifest presence of God. But I come here, and that treat that I gave myself once a year, I could have every single Sunday. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the treasure that I had found in this place. And I had to come back. I could not, not come back. There were lots of reasons why I shouldn't come back in, in the natural. There were lots of, lots of th- reasons why I shouldn't come back. I was involved in the worship group in another church and it was difficult to leave. But I had to come back because I'd found that which I've been searching for all of my life, actually. And I know that there are people here who have, exa- have, have had exactly the same experience. And, and so here I am. And I, never, I didn't know then <laughs> how far God would bring me or how much he would, t- how much he would change me or that I'd marry the pastor. <laughs> that was a real shock. <laughs> So in a recent message, Peter taught us the idea that faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. If we go to China and we take our pounds sterling with us, then we're not going to be able to buy anything. We can't buy anything. You can't buy food. You can't stay in a hotel. You can't do anything if you haven't got the right currency. And it's the same in the kingdom of God. We need to have faith in order to access all of those things that I was talking about. Because we can't see this kingdom. Because it's a mystery to us. Because it's difficult for us to really comprehend. But the kingdom of God can be at work in our lives every day if we let faith arise. Paul wrote that we walk by faith and not by sight. Paul was a man who had an incredible encounter with Jesus. He's Jesus knocked him off his horse and, and, he, and he saw Jesus on that one time. But after that, he still had to walk by faith and not by sight. There's a story in Second Kings 6, verse, verses 16 and 17, where Elisha prayed that Elisha and his servant, they were going to go into battle. And Elisha, it seems, could see into the supernatural realm. And he knew that God was on his side and he knew that they were going to win the battle. But Gehazi, his servant, didn't know that and he was afraid. So let's read. Um, Elisha said to his servant, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. And so the Lord opened the young man's eyes And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Now, we could look at this story and we could say, oh, that's not fair. I want to see into that realm. And some people do chase after that. Some people listen to other people say, I've seen angels. And it can be a bit dangerous because we get taken off our course. We can get, we can kind of become angel chasers. Oh, this, I'm going to pray now and I want to see an angel. Whereas actually we should be praying and keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. And I don't always believe that everyone who's said that they've seen an angel has actually done so. 
Or we could, so we could become upset and think, I wish God would do this for me. Or we could say, isn't it amazing that that's actually true, that that's in the Bible? And then we can let faith rise up and we can know, and Mel and Aidan and Lisa can know that when they go out on the streets, that those who are with them are more than who than are, are against them. And they, and as they go out on the front line to evangelize, it's wonderful what they're doing. So we need to exercise faith to live in the kingdom of God in all its fullness. So I'm going to tell a little story now. There was once a poor man, and when he was sitting at home one day, uh, an envelope came through his letterbox, and he'd won a holiday on a cruise. He was amazed. He'd never have been able to have gone away on a cruise. So he got, his, got himself ready. He packed his suitcase. He took some food with him, and off he went, and he, he boarded the cruise ship, and he had, a, he had a wonderful time out in the open air. But as, even though he was having a good time, he just felt that there were some places in the ship that he wasn't going to go to. For instance, he didn't go to the swimming pool. He didn't feel that he should really go there. And he didn't go to eat at the restaurants. He'd taken his own food with him. He sat in his room in his cabin and he, he ate by himself. And he never went to the king's table. To, not to the king's table. He never went to the captain's table like all the other guests. And just before the the ship was going to dock and they were, everyone was going to disembark, the captain sent for him and said, I'd, I'd like to have a word with you. Uh, we've, we've really enjoyed having you on this cruise and it's been great having you here. We hope you had a great time. But we've noticed that there are some places that you haven't been to. You haven't been to the swimming pool. You haven't come to eat with a restaurant with all the other guests. You haven't come to my table. And he said, can, can I just ask you why that is? And the man replied, well, the ticket that I had had restrictions on it that I couldn't go to these places and, and I didn't really feel comfortable going there anyway. And the captain said, well, you must have misread the ticket because on this cruise, everyone has access to everything. And some Christians can live like that, can live a restricted Christian life because they don't press in, because they don't have faith, because they don't believe who they are. This week in our ladies group on Tuesday morning, we were looking at the verses, verses from um, it's Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. It says, But when the time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, or to buy those under the law, that we might receive full rights as sons. Jesus came to this earth, not just to give you a mediocre life. He came to give you life and life to the full in the kingdom of God. Now we have full rights as sons and daughters of the living God. Full rights. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Let's live that. Let's apprehend it. Let's take it. Let's enjoy. Let's not go to heaven and, then, and finally see, oh, wow, that's what it's like. That's what it could have been like for us on the earth. Let's live now in the fullness of the kingdom. I just want you to turn to Luke 15. If you take nothing more from this morning, then I hope this touches your heart. It's the story of the, of the parable of the of the lost son, of the, the prodigal son. 
and it's verse 31. This story, uh, we read, we, you'll have read this, this, um, this verse many times, but I, I wonder if it's really le- leapt out at you as it had to me. When we read the story of the prodigal son, we know it's all about this son who, was, who squandered his wealth. He went off and, in, and he enjoyed um, high living. But I want to look at the moment about the older brother. The older brother, he got angry because he'd always been with his father and he'd behaved himself. He'd been a good boy. And yet now this, this terrible son, this, his, he's come back. And he doesn't really deserve a party. But the father gives him a party because he's so pleased that the son has come back. But the, but the older brother is basically is jealous, isn't he? And he says, why are you doing this? But look, verse 31. My son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. Let's just take a moment to allow God to say that to us this morning. My son, my daughter, says God to you this morning. You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. We need to exercise faith to live in the kingdom of God. So why should we spread the good news about this kingdom? Now we're living and enjoying all the benefits of the kingdom. So it's very important to share with others and to invite them to come into this kingdom. And actually, if we are living in all of the fullness of the kingdom, we won't be able to help ourselves but tell other people about this wonderful kingdom and that they can be part of it. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus taught a a parable, which I'm going to read to you. It's from Matthew 22. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I prepared my dinner. My oxen is fattened, cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no intention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I have invited did not deserve to come. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servant went out into the street and gathered all the people that they could find, both good and bad. The wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed that there was a man who was not wearing wedding clothes. Can you repeat after me? Not wearing wedding clothes. Friends, he said, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told his attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be, a weep, where, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. As Christians, our whole eternal future has been changed. We are no longer destined for hell 
and judgment where, there, where Jesus taught us repeatedly there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But when we die as citizens of the kingdom of God, we will go to be into the, we'll go into the presence of Jesus. That's what happens when we die. We've been invited to his wedding feast. Now last week, Peter and I went to Devon to, to visit. Last weekend, we went there to visit um, Peter's parents. And the whole weekend was very hot. On the Saturday, no, on, on the Friday, we went to Dartmoor. We went all over Dartmoor. It was nice and cool there. And uh, we had a lovely time. Went to a nice restaurant, enjoyed a good meal. But our bed and breakfast was in Torquay, where it was very, very hot indeed. And our room was at the top of a bed and breakfast. It was on the, the, uh, uh, it was on the top floor, like in an attic room. We had to climb six flights of stairs to get up there. And neither Peter nor I are very fit. <laughs> and uh, we hadn't been training for the Three Peaks Challenge. <laughs> and by the time we got up to the top, it was, we were out of breath and a bit sticky. Uh, we were very restless. There was a fan in the room and we were trying to get as close to it as we could. <laughs> it, and there was no air in the room at all. We look, looked out of the window and we, it was so high up we could see the birds flying down be, below us. <laughs> anyway, we turned the television on and settled, tried to settle down for the night and I managed to sleep a bit restlessly. But as we, as we turned the TV on, the whole story of Raoul Moat was unfolding before, before us as the police had caught up with him. And I knew that, even though I slept, I knew that Peter would stay awake and watch, watch everything as it unfolded. So as I woke up, six o'clock in the morning, I said to Peter, what happened? And he told me that Raoul Moat had killed himself. And my first thought was that Raoul Moat would most likely have gone to hell. Another soul gone to a lost eternity. And over the past few days, we've seen... In the paper and on Facebook, people have given him tributes and written over that he should rest in peace. But we need to know one of the realities of the kingdom of God, that actually when, when anybody dies, none of us are going to rest in peace. We've either, we've either chosen Jesus in this life and we'll go to eternal ecstasy in the presence of the king of our kingdom. Or the reality is, for those who have turned their back on Jesus and not accepted him as Lord of their life, they will go to eternal torment. Jesus didn't shy away from the realities of judgment, and neither must we. He taught more in the Gospels about hell than he did about heaven. We must be sure of what we're talking about. We must know that we're talking about heaven or hell. We must start to believe our, le- our, our beliefs, start to think in terms of life and death, heaven and hell, lost or saved. Are you lost or are you saved? In the story of Luke 16, the story of Lazarus and the rich man, which is probably the bit that the the most amazing picture that we get given to us about what heaven and hell would be like. The rich man saw the reality of 
of what afterlife was going to be like for him as he went to be in, in hell. He was in agony, it says. Agony. And he begged that Lazarus be sent to him to give him some water. That's what hell's like. Sometimes I hear people saying, oh, it's been such hell. But please don't let us equate a bad time in this world with what, reali- what re- the reality of hell will be like when we do go from this life. And that Lazarus, in, Lazarus in that story, he begs Abraham, Father Abraham, which I believe is a picture of God, he begs him, please, now I've seen that this is what it's like, please go and send uh, someone to tell my brothers what it's going to be like. I don't want them to come and be in agony forever in this place. Please send somebody. And we now are those who can be sent if we will go, if we will care, if we will believe in the reality of heaven and hell. We can warn people in these days what it's really going to be like when they go. When you've turned your back on Jesus, what the reality afterwards will be like for you. We don't like to offend people. It seems, it sounds harsh. Surely there's going to be something different than that. That can't really be what it is. But we've said that we believe in what this Bible says. We said that we believe in this book. Everything that's written in it, we believe that it is the very word of God. We must be willing to go and warn those those we love, those we don't love, those we don't know. They, everyone deserves to know the truth. Our holy king cannot be in the presence of unforgiven sin. That's a fact that's never going to change. No amount of good works will get a person who has the wrong clothes into the wedding banquet. The command for such a person will be, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside. A person must accept the sacrifice of Jesus for their sin. Must ask Jesus, wash away all my sins. I know what I've done is wrong. I know the way I've lived my life is wrong. I turn from my sins. Please wash me clean. We must believe that he died in our place and confess him as the king of our lives. Know that he's the king in which we live. The king in the kingdom in which we live. I don't know about you, but when I first left home and started doing my own washing, I had to learn a few lessons the hard and the expensive way. I learned that you can't put all the clothes in the same color together as I pulled out a lovely white a shirt that had gone in a lovely white and it came out pink. I learned that you can't put a woolen jumper on a normal cycle as an adult jumper came out the size of a, a baby's jumper. <laughs> Hard way and expensive and shocking. I've also learned over the years that stains are very difficult to get out of clothes. But over the past few, de- few years, there's come a product onto the market which is, is amazing. And over the last few years, it's improved incredibly. And now, if I spray it onto stains before they go into a wash, even the most stubborn stain can come out as if by magic. I won't advertise it because that wouldn't be right. 
but it can be rec recognized by its bright pink container. The Oxyaxon version is by far the most effective. And if you buy the carpet removal type, it works on carpets and clothes. Amazing. So why have I said all that? Well, our God is a holy God. And if we want to come to him, we have to have all of the stains of our lives removed. All of those things that we've done wrong. That's the only way that we can enter the kingdom of God or come near to him. And it's not because he's mean. It's not because he doesn't love us. It's because he loved us so much that he sent Jesus into the world. And we can only come with those clean wedding clothes into his kingdom. We must be wearing the wedding clothes. Clothes washed clean by Jesus. That's the reality of the kingdom of God. I wonder if there are some here to, who need to be washed clean today. Maybe you have once been a Christian, but gone back to, to old ways. Or maybe there's some unconfessed sin in your life. We need to know that without a shadow of a doubt, that when we pass from this life, God forbid, God forbid that it would be today as we walk out into the street, but we don't know. We don't know if when we have an accident, we don't know when we'll go from this life. One day, the day my heart longs for, Jesus is coming back for his bride. And in that day, heaven and earth will pass away. And the kingdom of God, this kingdom we can't see now, this kingdom we can't quite touch, will become a reality to us. We're going to swap this world, this kingdom that we live in today, or this realm that we live in today, the natural realm. And we're going to have a new heaven and a new earth. And all things will be good. Everything's going to be made new. We're going to live in the heavenly Jerusalem. In that day when Jesus comes back, he's going to split the sky. And Revelation 1 says that every eye will see him in that moment. Every eye will see him. The kingdom of God is going to come in that day. We're not going to say, oh, is that Jesus? The word of God says here, every eye will see him. That kingdom in that moment will become a reality for us. Every eye will see him. And there are those in, those, in that day who will mourn. Those who didn't accept him. Those who will say, oh no, those Christians, they got it right. They, they, they did know what they were talking about. This is the kingdom that I'm speaking about this morning, a real kingdom, a kingdom that I love to be part of. And this day is a day that I long for. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus.